happy girl. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another podcast of Women at the Well Ministries, where we believe that all of us have to come to Jesus like the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Our highest priority is making God real in your life. Whether you are listening in our app, in your favorite podcasting app, or on our website at watwm.org, we invite you to sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen your daily walk with Jesus Christ. So many times in life, we find ourselves in difficult situations. Sometimes they are a result of our own doing or not doing, but other times they come into our lives through no fault of our own. Regardless, they are uncomfortable, detrimental, and in some instances, permanently life-altering. For the unbeliever, there is little they can do and they have little recourse. But for the believer, for the child of God, they are never left to fight this battle alone. There is always someone bigger than us, fighting our battles. There is always hope because the one who fights our battles is the Lord. Join us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries as Kim takes us on a journey through the scriptures, revealing the truth about the fourth man in the fire. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries. And what an absolute joy it is to just spend time in his scriptures. And I'm so excited because at this time, we're going to spend time in Daniel chapter 3. And I know that if you've listened much to me, you've probably heard a few sermons that are foundational in Daniel chapter 3, but it's really been on my heart a lot. And I think that we as Christians forget there's a fourth man in the fire. And certainly the world doesn't remind you that there's a fourth man in the fire. The devil doesn't want you to remember there's a fourth man in the fire, and because of our busyness and the way that we choose to manage our lives and sometimes don't spend enough time in the Word of God or in prayer, we can forget there's a fourth man in the fire. Interestingly enough, we'll never forget we're in a fire. The fires will rage all around us. But as a child of God, there's a fourth man in the fire. And for many of you who listen to me often, as I said before, you've heard about the fourth man in the fire. For some of you, you've heard about it since you were a kid, and you've heard about it at church and Sunday school. For some of you, you may never have heard about the fourth man in the fire. So for the next few moments that we are together, I want to remind you, not only is there a fourth man in the fire, I want to remind you who the fourth man in the fire is. And because that fourth man in the fire is God, his power is limitless. The possibilities for you are limitless. And you have a front row seat to watch the miracles of God unfold. So buckle up with the Holy Spirit and allow God to speak to your heart and mind and pack this truth into your heart 
and fill your mind to overflowing with the truth that there's a fourth man in the fire. He's never lost a a fight. He's not going to start by losing yours. And the fire will not harm you when you are walking in the center of God's will. If you're not in a fire, you've either just come out of a fire or you're getting ready to go into a fire. The Bible says that a man is born of a woman and a few days full of trouble. The Bible tells us that we are pilgrims walking through and this is not our home, but that our home is not made with hands eternal into the heavens. The Bible tells us that in this world, he had trouble, and as Christians in this world, you will have problems. The Bible also says that Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you, and that the battle isn't yours, it belongs to the Lord, and that through him and by him, you have all that you need supplied by him, and that he will strengthen you in all situations. And he will give you what you need to do what he's asked you to do. But in the midst of the fire, in the proximity of the flame, and as you begin to feel the heat, smell the burn, sometimes the faith starts to wane. Sometimes doubt will come into your mind and crowd out the truth that Jesus loves you and he has you. That all things are under his feet and he has your best interests at heart. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that you would remove me from this message. I pray that you would give me the ability to speak and articulate that which you have given me. I pray that you would remove distractions from my mind and my heart, that you would remove distractions from the heart and mind of those that are listening to this. And Lord, that you would present before them exactly what you would have them to hear and know, that you would reveal to them the lessons they are to learn from this moment they have invested in your word and in your scriptures. Lord, Fill us to overflowing, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. In Daniel chapter 3, the first nine verses talk about King Nebuchadnezzar. And he was so conceited and so reliant upon himself, and pretty much so in love with himself, that he builds this giant statue, and it's in his image. And It's not enough that you go in and out of this province of Babylon and see this particular statue. He wants you at certain times, that is when he has the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of other music. When you hear that, he is commanding that you fall down and worship him, this golden image of him. This is a man who is on an ego trip like you and I cannot fully comprehend. But it is one that is going to cause him to really misguide 
a ton of people. And see, that's what the devil always does. He finds a way to misguide you. He finds a way to cause you to step out of the center of God's will. And when you do that, you're in danger of tripping up. And that's what the devil wants you to do. And sometimes we're like Eve and we just linger too long with the devil. And that's what causes us to get out of step with God and step right or left of the center of his will. But other times we just choose it right out because we are living in the flesh. But either way, we must learn to discipline ourselves to trust fully in God to rely solely upon him and to allow him to lead and guide and direct our footsteps. We must constantly keep before our mind and steadfast in our heart that there's a fourth man in the fire. You see, my friend, I'm not immune to hurt and disappointment. I'm not immune to people taking me as a target practice because they don't like what I say about Jesus or they don't like my stance for him. I'm not immune to people ridiculing and making fun of me. What I am immune to is having to fall victim of any of those things because I don't need to fight the battle. In 1 Samuel 1747, the Bible clearly tells us that the battle's not ours, it belongs to the Lord. 1 Samuel 1747 says this, And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you unto our hands. This is little David speaking to the people, saying that great giant, that big Goliath, that was in his life, standing between him and his task, was going to be defeated, not because of him or who he was, but because of whose he was, and that he was going to turn his trust, hand the battle to the Lord, and the Lord was going to fight it for him, and in doing so, he would hand that giant to him. The victory would be his, because the Lord would provide. Now that's pretty impressive. David wasn't the first pick for the army. In fact, David didn't even have any of the criteria that one would have had him on the team, even if it was benching, let alone right there, front and center. But what he did have was the calling of God in his life. What he did have was the fact that the Lord was on his side. The scripture tells us in Psalm 186, you know, what can man do unto me? You know, why should I fear? What can man do unto me? When we have a faith that is steadfast in who God is, when we have a personal relationship that's been developed and you're walking and communing with Jesus himself through scripture and prayer, when you're standing still and letting him talk to you when you surrender yourself to him and allow him to use you when you give him all you are then he becomes the fighter of your battles 
Now, it doesn't mean people will stop taking pot shots at you. It doesn't mean that trials and problems won't come. What it means is they're no longer your responsibility to manage. They now are your responsibility to follow the commands that God has given you in each of those situations. And so in Daniel chapter 3, we need to really think about what's happening here. See, not everybody in the land knew God. Not everybody in the land was willing to put their lives at risk to stand for God. But there were three that we know of specifically. And here we pick it up in Daniel 3, verse 10. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And so, as there are always those watching your life, there's a certain person who's speaking here, and he says, there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Well, then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. So here we have it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they have gone about doing what they always done. They have followed the commands of their God. They've not bowed to the popular God. They've not bowed to the bullying of the world. They've not given in to peer pressure. They have stood their ground. They are steadfast. They are serving the God they know. And they trust him fully. So before we continue in this account in Daniel chapter 3, my question to you is this. How strong is your faith? The Bible says if it's as strong as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. It moved a giant out of David's life. It has moved things out of my life. He's never failed me. He's never left me. And I've been in some symbolic fiery furnaces. Not just years past, but in recent times. And the same God that he was yesterday, today, he is forevermore. The same God that he was, that was the fourth man in the fire of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is the same God that is with me every step of my life. He didn't love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego more than he loves me. He doesn't love me more than he loves you. And he has a plan for you to prosper you, to give you a hope. And he's put you where you are. 
so that you could give God the glory, so that you could be a living testimony of who God is by your actions, your words, your deeds, your purpose, your determination, the way you walk. And yes, how you respond to the fiery furnace. See, some of us don't always respond as God would have us respond. But praise be to Jesus. We have 1 John 1, 9 that says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commands them to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to him, in verse 14 he says, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbuck, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye shall fall down and worship the image which I have made? Well, but if you worship not, you shall be cast into the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? What a direct question. First, he says, okay, here's the rules. You hear the music? You bet I'll down and you worship me and my God. If you don't, that same hour, you're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. So, who is that God that shall deliver you out of the fiery furnace? Sometimes we're asked to do things. The world just doesn't understand. And maybe because of their worldly power, their fleshly lust, their command in this world, they can put a lot of pressure on you. And they can begin to cause you trouble and you can feel the heat and maybe even they'll say to you oh Kim or whoever you are what you got going to do about this now and our flesh wants to retaliate and our mind also will start to think well why did God put me in this situation and we'll start to backtrack and retrace our steps and think did I do this to myself and maybe sometimes we have. But many times, it's the course that God has us on, and the God in us causes the devil in others to get upset. And your mere presence can set some people off. And so, here we are in verse 16, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, they had an answer for Who's this God that shall deliver you? And they say, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O God, O King. So these three boys have looked the king in the face. They've said to the king, if it's God's will, he'll deliver me. But if it's not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now let's park here for a minute. 
in Daniel chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. They look the king in the eye, the one who has the power to cause him the trouble, and they look to him and say, if it's God's will, he'll deliver me. But even if he doesn't deliver me from this fiery furnace, I know who he is. I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. They didn't even have that scripture. But they were living it. They're telling him, just because my circumstances seem bleak does not change who my God is. Just because I'm not happy with where my feet are standing does not change what God has commanded that I do. And I won't have any other gods before him. They were well versed in that. And even when it was going to cost them their life in that very self-same hour, they weren't worrying about circumstances. They weren't worrying about feelings. They were clinging to the truth. That's what we have to do with each and every fiber of our body in every single circumstance. We cling to the truth. And in John chapter 14 and verse 6, he says, I am the way and I am the truth. That's who we cling to. He says, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is truth and it will never fail. And in the midst of extreme danger, far more than just inconvenient adversity, these Hebrew children knew It's God I serve. And momentary circumstances do not touch eternal consequences. See, momentary circumstances in this world are but a vapor. They come and they go, but eternity is forever. And he said... All things are possible to him that believeth in Mark chapter 9 and verse 23. And he said, with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And he said, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee in Isaiah 26, 3. These Hebrew children, they understood who was God, and where they were in relation to God. They were his servants. They were his children. They were the ones he was protecting. But they weren't the ones dictating what was going on. See, too often we get ourselves in the fiery furnace or we find ourselves in the fiery furnace and we begin to tell God just exactly how to get us out of it and exactly what we want out of it. And we pretty much give him this laundry list. And then we say, well, if you'll do this, I'll do that. You can't bargain with the Lord. You don't have anything to bargain with. Everything you have and all that you are is because of him. And true faith knows that he knows best. And when you believe he knows best, you just come to him and say, Lord, here I am. Protect me, Lord. Increase my faith. Give me courage. Walk alongside me. I don't get this furnace I'm in. I'm feeling heat, Lord. I'm sweating. 
I'm not happy. But Lord, I have joy in the Lord. And if you're not faithful to be with me now, you can't be faithful to take me to a place I've never been and I've never seen. So if I'm going to believe you're going to take me to a home not made with hands eternal into the heavens because I have believed in the only begotten Son of God that I might spend eternity in a home that you have built for me, that I might be in a place where you are the sun and it never sets, where there's no pain, no tears, no sorrow, where there's rejoicing forevermore and where we worship the one true living God where our faith has turned to sight. And we're living in his presence, and our eyes can see him. But now, like these Hebrews children, we must live in his presence through our heart and our mind and our faith as we sit at the throne of God requesting his help. He told us in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, that we could come boldly to the throne of grace and find help in time of trouble. That's where these Hebrews children are. In Daniel chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. Well, in verse 19, he says, Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. He was mad the first time and raged, but now he's out of control. And so his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was want to be heated. He was so mad that he wanted it to be even worse. It would have already killed them, but he wanted to obliterate them. You ever been that way? Take matter in your own hands, and you want to pulverize it instead of just stepping back and let God take care of it. So Nebuchadnezzar, it says in verse 20, and he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. They put legs on their face. They know who they believed in. And they were strong and sure in their belief. Maybe we need to spend just a moment and determine who it is that we are serving. Are we serving flesh? Are we serving God? Are we serving ourselves? Are we serving man? Or are we truly serving the one true living God? And are we willing to stand firmly and steadfast when the whole world around us is throwing flames? Crawling at us and shooting at us and wishing for our demise. And as each passing day, they just get madder and madder at us. Verse 21 says, Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen and their hats and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the fiery furnace, the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew, fire slew those men that took 
up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The men that threw them in the fire fell dead. But in verse 23 it says, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. To the world they seemed hopeless, probably stupid. To the world they seemed helpless. We are about ready to see when you give all that you have and you lay it in his hands to allow him to do all that he will. You'll understand Ephesians 3.20 that says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. When you've made room for Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit and no one else, friend, it is then you're going to see things happen. Verse 24 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar and the king was astonished. They were astonished. And rose up in haste and spake and said unto the counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fiery furnace? He couldn't believe what he was seeing. Psalms 23, it says that he builds a table in the presence of your enemies. While you're feasting and enjoying life, they're wanting what you have, and there's this protection of him in between you. And here the king's like, didn't I send three people in there? Then verse 25, he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is likened to the Son of God. I love this verse, and I understand this is not the actual meaning, but I love that he says, and lo, I see four men loose. God is not the man upstairs. He's not far, far away in a galaxy unknown. He's not beyond our reach because he lives within our hearts. He's so much more than the man upstairs. He's God and he's omnipotent and he's omniscient. And that's the fourth man in the fire. Right here in your midst, low and around you, holding you and helping you. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and he spake. And he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. See, when you follow God and you allow him to use your life completely, he not only takes care of you and provides for you and you can't outgive him so you'll be greatly promoted above it. But he also gets glory. You have the amazing opportunity to give God glory in the midst of the fire. Because you can just surrender and let everyone see what God will do. In verse 27, he says, And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men, upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed. 
neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. They're in the biggest fire of their life. And because of their trust and their faith in God, that fire was powerless to do anything to them, to even barely harm them. When it was all said and done and God had done his work and his glory had been seen, these three Hebrew children had no evidence that they had been in the fire. I think we've all forgotten Isaiah 43.2. I think we've all forgotten it. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. You are God's and nobody can get to you. John 10, 28 says that no man will pluck you out of his hands. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what people are saying about you. It doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense to you. You cannot bow. You cannot bend. You must stand steadfast. You must keep your head forward. You must go towards the prize of the high mark. You must keep keeping on because this world is not your home. It doesn't matter what happens here. You belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You have a home not made with hands. You have riches eternal. You have a God that loves you, that will keep you, that will hold you, that will prosper you. You are not alone. This isn't your prize. Eye hath not seen and ear hath not heard what lies in store for them that love the Lord. Nobody ever said in Scripture that life would be easy. In fact, he said, they'll hate you. They hated me. But what he did say was, you're not alone. The battle's mine, and you won't go down. Not metaphorically, not symbolically, and not for real. Because he will lift you up in due time if you have placed your faith and your trust in him. In verse 28, he says, And Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Remember, he was asking over here in verse 15, kind of mocking this God you serve will deliver you. Well, in 28, there's been a change. Because he's seen the glory of the Lord through Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who have sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him. <clears throat> Let's read that one again. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the unbeliever previously, the one who honestly believed in his false god. He spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word. And they yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. King Nebuchadnezzar was forever changed and transformed by the obedience 
of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The scripture tells us that obedience is better than sacrifice. And 1 Corinthians 5.17 says that, Therefore in Christ we are new creatures. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Look at what happens to Nebuchadnezzar when he begins to believe and understand in the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is a whole different tune he's singing. It says in verse 29, Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. It was hot for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were aware of what was around them. They were intelligent kids. They knew that what the king meant for them was to harm them. But they knew there's a reward for serving the Lord. They knew that God was trustworthy, that placing their faith in who God was was the only remedy that they had as a way out of this heat they found themselves in. They couldn't talk themselves out of it. They weren't going to be able to fix the problems. See, because if they had just did what the king asked, their lives would have been destroyed for the Lord. Their witness would have been almost, if not for sure, permanently tainted. what they could do for the Lord after standing steadfast in his presence is far greater than what they would have done if they had bowed to the world. But God says he forgives us. Maybe you've already bowed to the world one, five, ten, twelve, twenty times. But today's a new day. And you can purpose in your heart, and from this day forward, you can be more for God than you've ever been before. See, because of the demonstration of God through them, because they allowed the power of God to flow through them, the king's life was changed. No doubt the princes, the captains, and the counselors all experience the change as well. But you remember when I said a few minutes ago that you can't outgive God? Listen to what Daniel 3.30 says. After all of this, after defying the king because it was against what God had told them to do, after choosing God over the world, choosing God over the flesh, after choosing God over their dreams, after choosing God over their goals, perhaps, after choosing God. And what seemed like a complete losing endeavor, God in his due time lifted these three boys up 
And in verse 30, he says, Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. In the very place where those naysayers, those tattletales, those people sticking their nose in the business of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those who despitefully were using them and setting traps for them, hoping they would stumble over obstacles in their very presence, in the place where the heat was so strong, God rose them up, and they were promoted in Babylon. I'm not certain what you needed to hear from this, but I know it was given by him. I know what I needed to hear from it. It's not all the, always easy, people. It doesn't have to be. We are protected. We are provided for. And he will promote us. And what God gives us, no man can take away. Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. You can visit the show notes for quotes from today's podcast and scripture references. We pray today has been a blessing, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our app, our website, or our Facebook page. You can find our app by searching for Woman at the Well Ministries in your app store or through our website at watwm.org. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash watwm. If you visit our website, you'll be able to subscribe to Bible Bits, a daily devotion written by Kim and delivered Monday through Friday by text message. Woman of the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father, and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. To learn how to partner with Woman at the Well Ministries, please visit our website. Thank you to the Gospel Group Fudge Creek for letting us use their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. We are praying daily for our listeners. Remember that God loves you. You are loved.
happy girl